So today's daf is uh, is uh, Zayin in um, in Masechet Yoma. We got to the uh, very top of uh, Zayin Abud Aleph, the second line. Uh, basically, it's in the middle of a discussion. This discussion uh, we see a few times. Uh, we've come across it a few times in different contexts, which is the question of Tumba Hutra Betzibur or Dechuya Betzibur, which we we discussed a lot in Masechet Pesachim because it's also relevant over there. Which is the question of whether. <laughs> Uh, whether Tum'ah, we know that Tum'ah is uh, bent, the rules of Tum'ah are bent for the community. The question is, is it bent? Meaning, Dechuya would mean that the lo- rules are pushed off, but only when we have to push them off. When, we're, when our back is against the wall, Tum'ah Dechuya B'Tzibur. Tum'ah Hutra B'Tzibur means you don't even have to worry about it. Once you, you know, the, the, the situation of Tum'ah is irrelevant to to, to, to Tzibur. So that is like, that's what Rav Nachman said, and therefore he said, even if the Kohanim are, half of them are Tme'im, half of them are Torim, according to one opinion, he would say, no problem, let the Tme'im do it. Definitely, you don't have to go look for another family. That's for sure, according to Rav Nachman. Uh, whether, whether within the family that's working that day, you should pick the Torim, that was debatable, even according to Rav Nachman. In other words, do you have to make any effort for Tum'ah B'Tzibur at all? Rav Nachman, that's, Rav Nachman's liberal on that. Rav Sheshet is saying, no, Tumat dechuyab. Dechuyab means you have something shedoche. Something is pushing it. In other words, you have no choice. You're pushed against the wall, so then you go ahead with it. But you try to avoid it, okay? Uh, now, including the Kohen Gadol's position. It doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. doesn't matter. In, in, Anybody. So meaning even... Right, exactly. So he would... That's, even at that point. That's what we mentioned before. That if it were just a case of Tumat Met, let's say, of the Kohen Gadol, where Tumat Met is really the type of Tumat that's pushed off. Tumat Met, and some say also Tumat Sheret. So it's a Machloket. The Rambam says only Tumat Met is pushed off. According to the others, it's also any Tumat that you get from touching. So, but, but, the, but the point is that... But the Tumat that comes from your body or Bo'el Nida, that wouldn't be pushed off. But for the for the Kohen Gadol to be Tememet, he would be able to do the Avodah Yom Kippur because he's the only person who can do it. So therefore, it wouldn't be a problem. Now, now Amar Rav Sheshet, Rav Sheshet says, Mina Aminala. Where do I get my idea that Tumat Dechuya, that you really have to try, you have to try to have purity like of the Avodah, right? Exactly, same thing. It's not Hutra, it's Dechuya. Dechuya. So it says, Ditanya, we said in the right, Ayah, Umedum Akiv Minchata Omer, Venitmet Biado. Let's say the Kohen was standing and he was bringing the Minchata Omer. So talking about what would be brought on the second day of Pesach. And it became Tamei. Right? So what does he do? He should try to get them to bring another one, if there is such a thing available. I mean, the likelihood that there's going to have, they're going to be another uh, Omer available is not is slim, but let's say there was. But if that's the only one, they tell him, be smart and be quiet. In other words, don't say anything that it became Tamei. We don't want people to know. We don't want to broadcast that it became Tamei and we're offering it anyway, but it's, we're allowed to. But what does it show you? It shows you that the person tries, right, if there's a better one available that's not Tamei, he should go with that. So what does that mean? That means Tumat Dechoya, because really you should have tried to make it Tahora, and you did, and, and, and when you can't, okay, right, so that proves Rav Sheshet. So Katani Mihat Omer Umvinacher Tachtea, so Rav Sheshet says, you see what I'm telling you? That you should at least try to bring a better one. If you could, Amar Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman will answer that and say, no, I don't accept that as a uh, proof against me. And it should say really, Amar Lach Rav Nachman. In other words, they're answering on his behalf. Modena, I agree. Hechad That's a different story because over there, the Kohanim eat the Korban. Now, normally we say, Tuma is Hutra, but it's but not the achila, meaning the korban is 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 uh, is allowed to be brought bitum'ah, but not the eating of the korban. 
except for Korban Pesach. It's the only case where the Tamei person is even allowed to eat it because there the whole purpose is eating. But normally, the, the, if the Kohanim bring something betum'ah, whether they are Tamei or the Korban itself is Tamei and, and they're allowed to bring it, nobody eats the, uh, eats the Korban. The only thing that's overridden for the uh, rule of Tum'ah is the offering, the Hakravan, but not the eating. So since, so Rav Nachman is saying, look, when I say Tumah Hutrabitzibur, I mean in terms of the offering of the uh, Korban, that there's no need to go out of your way for the offering of the Korban. But when eating is involved, obviously, if they don't, they have to try to bring a Tahor one, because if they don't bring a Tahor one, they're not going to fulfill the whole mitzvah. Because they're not going to be able to eat it. And since the Midchat Omer is brought in part and the rest is eaten by the Kohanim, even I will agree that they should try to bring a Tahor one. But if this were a Korban Ola, where there's no, there's nothing to eat, so then there would be no reason for them to have to try to get a Tahor one. It's only that they're trying because they want to be able to eat it. Okay? That's the reason. So, made there is an objection. Another example. What if he's bringing a minchav parim elim ukvasim? Now this is presumed to be what's called minchat nisachim. Minchat nisachim is something that comes along with when they bring a korban olah, they bring a korban, uh, they have to always bring together with it some kind of nisachim, they bring some kind of a... Um, some kind of flour offering, wine, flour. It's, it, it, there's different things. But he's talking about the minchat nisachim, which is talking about the flour that accompanies every korban olah. It always says, right? It always speaks about it, that minchata uh, viniska. What is minchata viniska? Minchata viniska means the mincha that goes along with every burnt offering, and niska, the wine that goes along with every burnt offering. So when it's, the Torah says it again and again, but we, 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 we you know, kind of like blank out when we're reading the same thing again and again. We're so used to it, but that's what it's talking about. There's a mincha always. So what is he, so that mincha is not eaten by anybody. That mincha is only burnt. So, so Rav Sheshit is going to have a good proof here because he's going to say, look, it says here, if that becomes tamay, that mincha. So Omer he tries to get another one. If he doesn't have another one, they tell him, be quiet. What does that mean? He should try to replace it with another mincha. Now here, what is going on with this mincha? This mincha is not eaten. And yet he's still trying to get another one. So Rav Sheshit will say to Rav Nachman, very yeah. nice answer you had before when there was a mitzvah of eating it. So you said that's why they tried to bring a tower one. But what about here where there's no mitzvah of eating it? So, uh, and still it's saying try to bring a good one if you can. So that shows you that it's only dechuya. It's only when we have no choice that we, uh, that, that we allow tum'ah b'tzibur. But if we have a choice, we avoid it. So it says, My love, parim elim ukvasim dechag. And Rav Sheshet is assuming that we're talking here about the parim elim ukvasim of dechag, meaning of Sukkot. It's talking about olot that are brought as part of the musaf. Right, that's what we're speaking about. And therefore, since the broadest part of the Musaf, it's totally burnt. There's no eating of the Kohanim that goes on over there. So therefore, uh, and, and yet we still try to have a good, uh, we still try to have a uh, Tahor one when we possibly can. Okay, so now the question, so Rav Nachman will tell you, Rav Nachman, no, no, not true. Parim is par avodazara. That's talking about what we talk, learned about in Masechet Horayot a million years ago when we started this, three and a half years ago or so. Masechet Horayot. Par avodazara, afalgad de tzibur, kevan de la madrina. In other words, we learned that when, uh, when the community, in other words, when the Bet Din makes a ruling for the community and the community goes and follows this ruling and it turns out to be wrong and it was about something which is an Isur Karet. Like let's say, for example, they told people they could eat a certain type of blood and it turns out that they made a mistake and the Bet Din realized they made a mistake and now they let everyone went and did it. So they bring what's called Par Elem Devar Shatzibur. They bring a certain type of a Par, uh, a, a certain type of a bull 
uh, offering, and it's mentioned in the in in Parashat Vaikra at the end of Parashat Vaikra. Now, in the, the but there's another case where the Beddin allows them to do something that actually not only constitutes an Isra Karet but actually constitutes Avodah Zarah, and there they have to bring two things, all right? And they bring the and so he's saying here it's par Avodah Zarah. So um, the, it's talking about the power of the uh, of Avodah Zarah. Now, why is that significant? Because that's a communal korban, right? It's an Ola, actually, right? So it has to have nisachim. In other words, if it were a uh, if it were not an, an Ola, it wouldn't have nisachim. That's why it ha- he has to say that it's talking about the power. Because if it were talking about the par chatat, if it were talking about where the Bedin made a ruling about any other sin in the Torah and the people did it. So you would bring a par of, which is a chatat, but there's no there's no nesachim with a uh, with a chatat, but it just comes by itself. The when you bring a uh, a sin offering, it doesn't have extra ingredients because it's you know it's not it's not a kavod, it's not a you know we're we're not making a big deal out of it. So he's saying it's partial avodazah because when it comes to partial avodazah, they had to bring they brought a goat for the chatat and they brought a par for the ola. They brought two things. Okay, so the par that they bring is ola. That, since it's an olah, it has to have uh, nisachim, it has to have uh, flour, and that flour is not eaten either because it's coming together with the power of the Avodah Zohar. but the only thing is that, since, in other words, he's trying to find a communal case, okay? What, what Rav, Rav Nachman is doing is finding a case of a communal korban where everything else is equal, but he can still say that Tum'ah would not be, that even according to him, Tum'ah would be only Dechuyah, not Hutra. What's it going to be? It's going to be a case where the power of Avodah Zarah. Why? Because it doesn't have a fixed time. He says, you when do you... Find right, you have time. You don't have, why do you have to bring it right now? Meaning, if it's, a, if it's one of the holiday korbanot, so what are you going to do? You don't have any other option. You don't have any other option. You have to do it now. You have no choice. Fine. That, yeah, right, but he's saying, no, we're talking about... So, so Rav Nachman is saying, there would be no need to go look for something else if it were a Chag. Because it's that day, you have to do the mitzvah right now. It's kavolozman, and there's no idea of tumah. But tumah is, is is you know canceled. But when it comes to something that is a communal obligation that doesn't have a fixed time, who says tumah is canceled? You have to try to go get another one. Okay, the, and and he says even I would agree. Well, how could it right? be that they would for a person to do avodah zarah? What? What type of halacha is it? Learn Masechet Horeyot. That's not for now. That's another Masechet. Okay. Now, this, but, but now it says, Kevan Diach. So, however, right? So that's the case of, uh, of where it's Lakav Yalazman. Now, Madrina, Elim. What about the Elim? So what did Rav, Rav Nachman say is the Elim? Rav Sheshet said the Elim case is the case of the Chag, right? We're talking about the Korbanot of Sukkot, and therefore they're olot, and therefore there's no eating involved, and so why would we, uh, and so Rav, Shesh, Rav, Rav Nachman's argument that because there's eating involved, that's why we try to look for a better one, it doesn't work. So why do you have to look for a better one of Elim? What Elim is that? That's talking about the Isle of Aaron. It's talking about the ram that Aaron brings as his ola on, uh, on, the, uh, on, on Yom Kippur. So that is really considered an individual korban. So since it's an individual korban, it doesn't have the rule that Tum'ah is going to be totally exempt, even according to Rav Nachman. Even according to Rav Nachman, it's not going to be. Right? And then, B'Kvasim, B'Keves, Habayimah, Omer, Dikashirayim Lachila. And when it says Kvasim, it's talking about the, the sheep that go along with the Omer. That's why the Mincha that's coming along with it is going to be a... Uh, 
uh, uh, is going to be uh, required that we're going to have to try to look for a better one if it became Tamei. So basically, Rav Nachman is sidestepping all of the different arguments of Rav Sheshit. Right? When it comes to the case of the parim, he says, that's not talking about an, a par that, it's not talking about a bull that was brought as an ola, as part of the, let's say, Sukkot offering. No! It's talking about a, an offering that's communal, but an offering that is an ola of the community that could be brought another day. And that's why we don't say Tumah that you can just forget about Tumah. You can't just forget about Tumah. And he said, when it, when it says Elim, rams, it's not talking about rams of the community that is an offering that brought on the Chag and therefore there's no way around it. It's talking about a Shel Yachid. It's talking about the individual the Korban of, the, of Aaron. And were it not for the fact that under special circumstances we say that the tzitz will c- cover it or whatever, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do it. So he has to try to find a way to replace it if he can. And why would he have to try to replace kvasim? What sheep? It's not talking about the sheep of Sukkot where the whole thing is, where the, where the offering and the, and the accompanying mincha is totally burnt. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the Omer where if it became Tameh, the mitzvah of eating it won't be able to be done. So basically Rav Nachman is saying, I'll agree with you that when there's eating involved, you have to try to make it tahor. I'll agree with you when the time is not fixed, you have to try to make it tahor. You don't have an excuse. I'll agree with you that when it's an individual's korban, like the Kohen Gadol, even though it's happening on Yom Kippur, that you don't have the license to just go ahead and do it if you don't, uh, you know, if there's another alternative. There's all of these things I agree with you. But in a situation where it is the pure case of a, a communal korban on a holiday where there's no eating involved, there's no reason why you can't just go ahead if it's Tamei. That is the idea of Tumah Tzibur. That's what Rav Nachmani, basically he like narrowed his position a little bit to, to accommodate the questions, right? But that's, uh, you know, but, he, he, but he's still holding on. So now the question is, If blood became Tamei, Okay, the blood of the Korban became Tamei and they threw it on the altar anyway. If it's Bishogeg, it's accepted. If it's by, on purpose, it's no good. Right, so what do you see? You see that what's going on with the, what's going on there? What's going on there is, even though, okay, what you have is you have a concept of the, uh, the tzitz. Right? The tzitz covers for, uh, uh, for, the, um, for the, the Tum'ah of Korbanot. Okay? Now, what do you see? You see that bishogeg urtzat says if you did it by accident, you put the blood on, it's acceptable. If you did it on purpose, so then the chachamim said, it's, we're not going to accept it, you have to do it over again. Okay, because you weren't, once the blood became tamay, you shouldn't have put it on. But what does it show you? No right, it's no tzibur, because you see that he's not supposed to put it on. So it says, no, that's talking about biyachid, kitanya biyachid, that's what Rav Nacham will say, that's talking about individual. So tashma, alma tzitz meratze, al adam, al abasar, al achirif shnitma, ben bishogeg ben mezid, what does the tzitz of the Kohen Gadol, the headband of the Kohen Gadol cover for? Blood, flesh, fats, that became tamay, whether it's by accident or on purpose, ben be'onez ben bratzon, whether it was against their will or uh, willingly, which Rashi says is just uh, extra language to match the onus, because really, it's the same idea. As mezid, ratzona mezid, the same. Ben biyachid, ben betzibur. Whether it's an individual, whether it's a tzibur. So wait a second. According to Rav Nachman, what do you need the tzitz for to cover for the for, to cover for a communal korban? According to Rav Nachman, whenever you have a communal korban, it's automatically it's okay. What do you need the tzitz of kohen gadol? So if he's teri betzibur, if you're going to tell me that automatically tumah, we don't care about it betzibur, except un, under the certain circumstances that Rav Nachman said, right? If you're going to say that. So, why do you need any role of the tzitz at all? You shouldn't need it at all. That's just talking about the yachid. 
In other words, in that Brighton where it mentions the tzitz, it's only mentioning a need for the tzitz for the individual's offering that became Tamei in the process, that if it's finished that way, it's still credited to the person. But that doesn't mean that, the, that the, actually the communal korban doesn't really need the tzitz at all. It just automatically will be accepted because tumat rabetzibur. Even though you're supposed to try under certain circumstances, even according to Rav Nachman, you're supposed to try to avoid it, but really it's utra or I'll tell you that when do you need the tzitz for communal korbanot? In the ones that I told you that you're supposed to try to avoid tumah, like if it doesn't have a fixed time or one of the other circumstances. So there, you you know, the, the tumah, it wouldn't work for the eating because the tzitz doesn't help with the eating of the uh, korbanot. So that, that wouldn't help. But let's say, like for example, the, the korban of the community that sinned with idolatry and they had to bring that, that bull. So since it doesn't have a fixed time, so maybe you should say, okay, that it became tamay. We don't have to do it today. We'll wait till we get a tower one. We'll wait another day. He says, so he said, no, you can finish it. Why? Because of the tzitz. In that case, the tzitz helps you. But in every other case where it's not kavolozman, you wouldn't have, in other words, where it is kavolozman, you don't need it. In other words, if it's a fixed time for that korban, it had to be brought that day. According to Abnachman, just keep going. You don't even have to think about it. It's fine. Okay? Now that's, that's the difference between Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshet. Rav Sheshet will say, even in those cases where it's on a Chag and he brought the thing, it became Tamei, and even though you might be able to complete it, it's only because because you don't have any other choice. Rav Nachman would say, you don't even have to worry about another choice, it's totally fine. Okay, now that's, that's how he would answer. So the only time you're going to need the tzitz for a communal korban is when it is not Kavuah when it doesn't have a fixed time. Now, it says that the tzitz allows Aaron to carry, so to speak, the sins of the Kodashim. What kind of sin does he carry? We know it can't be Pigul. It doesn't cancel out Pigul. Pigul is where the Kohen slaughters or does one of the other three Avodot. There are four Avodot of the Korban. When he does one of the four Avodot of the Korban, having the intent that he's going to complete it or eat it at the wrong time, Right? And if he does it in the wrong place, that's called pasul, not pigul, but same general idea. He has some wrong intention. The, the tzitz doesn't help with that because we know that it says lo it's not accepted. Vim avon notar, maybe you'll say that it, the avon of notar, that if, the, if meat is left over past its time, right? Uh, if the korban is left past its time, that, that is what the, uh, that is what the, uh, the tzitz is going to cover for. It says, no, lo yechashev. Now, what does Rashi say? He says, what, what sin is the tzitz helping with? If it's pigul, which is, he says here, is avon machshevet chutz komo, and he's saying notar here means chutz lizmano, not the usual meaning, because how could, how could the tzitz correct notar? Notar is already a korban that was left over past its time. Right, so he say, so the way that Rashi's interpreting it is, it means whether the intention was chutz komo, which is calling pigul here, which is not the usual language, or chutz lizmano, which is calling notar here. In other words, it's talking about the kavanah of the kohanim that would invalidate the korban. Either of those kavanot, we know they have a permanent invalidation. There's no excuse, there's no like exception to that invalidation. So once the person has, once the kohen has in mind that he's going to do the service or eat the korban out of its proper place or out of its proper time, there's no current turning back. The tzitz does not help with that. So that cannot be the sin that the tzitz covers. We turn to Amud Beta. The only thing that we know that occasionally we bend the rules on is Tum'ah because we know that when the community is Tamei, there is, there, 
there's a suspension of the laws of Tum'as. So that's what it also means with regard to the tzitz, that the Kohen Gadol wearing the tzitz is able to cancel out invalidations that would occur as a result of Tum'ah. Now, usually it's Bidiyavad, where the offering is brought, even though you were supposed to stop, but you finished it anyway. The point is that, the, that it's accepted because of the tzitz. Okay, but it uses the language it uses the word hutra, which is against Rav Sheshet. Rav Sheshet is saying, no, dechuya, it should say dechuya, not hutra. Why does it say hutra? So he says, ah, v'kashel Rav Sheshet. Right? So he'll answer you tonight. I have an easy way out. My argument with Rav Nachman is what the halacha is. Whether the halacha is tumat dechuya or tumat hutra. But I agree that there are two different opinions among the Tanaim. And he says, Tanai, it's a machloket. Detanya, tzitz, ben sheishon al mitzcho, ben sheishon al mitzcho, meratzed, Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says, the Kohen Gadol does not have to be wearing the tzitz for it to work its magic, so to speak. Right? The existence of the tzitz is enough. So if something happens that there's a tum'ah occurred with one of the korbanot and it was completed, the fact that the tzitz exists covers for, the, covers for that korban. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to have the tzitz actually on the head of the Kohen Gadol at the moment that it happened. Rabbi Yudah Omer, no! It only works when it's on his head. It's like I tell my kids what they carry their keep on their hand. It only works when it's on your head. Right? That's what you said. Same thing. It won't, you know that everyone everyone agrees if there's none that it won't. So Amalo Rabbi Shimon Kohen Gadol biyom Kipurim Yochiach she'en odeh al mitzcho According to you, Rabbi Yehuda, on Yom Kippur, the idea of the tzitz won't work. Because the Kohen Gadol is not wearing the tzitz, at least not for most of the time. He does wear Big Day Zahav for part of the time. But meaning during the time that he's wearing Big Day Lavan, when he's wearing the, the white garments, when he's doing the special Afodot of the day, so he's not wearing the tzitz, so you're going to say that if anything happens with Tumad during that time, it's, he's not going to cover it? Because he's not wearing the tzitz? How could that be? So it must be that the tzitz works even when he's not actually wearing it. But Rabbi Yehuda says, "Amalu Rabbi Yehuda, Hanach lekohen gadol biyom akipurim shetuma hutra lo betzibur." He said to him, "Forget about the kohen gadol and yom kippur because tuma is totally canceled for the community. It doesn't matter. You don't need it, right. and there's no individual korbanot happening on yom kippur, obviously." So the only thing is communal, and therefore you don't need the tzitz to cover for anything, because tum'ah doesn't exist when it comes to the tzibur. That is what Rabbi Yehuda says, and that's exactly the language of Rav Nachman. In other words, according to this, Rav Nachman is agreeing with Rabbi Yehuda, right? And, and Rav Sheshet is agreeing with Rabbi Shimon, because Rabbi Shimon is saying you need something to push off the, the problem of the tum'ah. It's not so simple that uh, you can just ignore it. Now, because you see from that, Rabbi Shimon says that that even in a, in a community, in a communal situation, it's only the fact that you have the seats there covering that allows the Tum'ah to be waived for the community. It's not automatic that it doesn't exist for the community. It's just that it's pushed off. It's pushed off by the existence of the seats, but by something. Now, now here's the thing that you were mentioning before. Amar Abayi said, Everybody agrees that if the tzitz is broken, it doesn't work. In other words, there has to be a tzitz. The question is when it's hanging on a hook. In other words, the way that they hang a, a, a hat on the hook. In other words, it's, it's in the closet. The Kohen Gadol went to the restroom, you know. He hung his uh, tzitz on the... He's obviously not going to go to the bathroom with that. He hangs it on the wall. So when it's there, does it work? That's the question between them. Rabbi Yehuda, Al Metzach, Venasa. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it says, Al Metzach, Venasa, it has to be on his head. 
So anytime it's going to, if something happens when the Kohen Gadol is not wearing its seats, that will not be covered by the seats. Now Yom Kippur, what about Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur, we don't care because it's all communal. Right? But every other time it has to be on his head. Rabbi Shimon, Tamid Hashem. It says, Tamid, all the time. Hashem. That it's always there for favor for the people before Hashem. Meaning, even when it's not on his head, my Tamid, what do you mean all the time? You can't tell me that the Kohen Gadol goes to sleep wearing the tzitz. It's not possible. Right. Exactly. He doesn't ever have to go to the bathroom. Milo Menami doesn't have to take a nap occasionally, right? Obviously, he's not going to be wearing the seats during that time. So he there are going to be times, it's, they're going to talk about that in a second. But, the, but the, right now, he's just talking about the seats. So the seats itself, obviously the Kohen Gadol does not wear it 24 hours a day. Even during the times of the, of the Bet HaMikdash is running, he's not wearing it all the time. So according to you, Rabbi Yudha, there are going to be times that seats work, sometimes it doesn't work, because he's obviously not always going to be wearing it. And, that's, and so he says, Ela tamid meratzehu. It means as long as it exists, it covers for all of the lapses in Tum'ah that occur in the Beit HaMikdash, even if he's not actually wearing it at that moment. What about the fact that it says Tamid for Rabbi Yehuda, since Rabbi Yehuda says that the, actually the seats only works when the guy is wearing it. So if that's true, so then it's not really Tamid Liratzon. So what does it mean Tamid? That means that when the Kohen Gadol has it on, Tamid, he has to be thinking about it. He has to have his mind on it all the time when he's wearing it. Now we come to Tefillin. We learn from this halacha from this for Tefillin. That says, that a person should touch their tefillin all the time. And that we, we have ritualized this idea by touching it at certain specific times. Like, oh, touch it at, uh, when you say, uh, the beginning of Shona Esrei, and the, during the Kriyat Shema, we touch it, uh, Ukshatam. We touch it, uh, at, right, we touch it in Kadesh Li, we touch it at, uh, at, uh, Kadosh 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 of the, uh, during the, uh, you know, at the beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of the Kriyat Shema Bachot. Different times that we, huh? These are Minhagim. But the idea of touching the tefillin all the time, it's a, it's a halacha, meaning that you should always do it because that, it, like, I want, uh, you know, if you look at the Sidur of Ish Matzliach, you'll see in Shachrit, it says on the top of every single page, tefillin, 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 tefillin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first got it, I said, oh, they have a typo. <laughs> they put tefillin, tefillin, tefillin on every page. No, this is Shachrit, it's not tefillin, you know. I thought that they made a typo, but then I realized, oh, it's because anytime you'd be wearing tefillin, they put on the top page tefillin so the person will remember the tefillin. It didn't occur to me why it was. Anyway, but that's it. It says, It's a good thing I didn't ask for my money back for the Sidur. I would be embarrassed. No. It says, so it says, from the tzitz. Why? Because if we see that the Kohen Gadol wears the tzitz and it only has one name of Hashem, because what does it say on it? Kodesh Lashem. So it says, right? So it has one name of Hashem and the Kohen Gadol has to have it on his mind all the time. So tefillin sheish ben azkarot so definitely we have true but it's on you you have the name of Hashem on you multiple the coin Gadol also can't see it he also can't see other people can see it but he can't see it but the fact is he have having the name of Hashem on you on your arm on your head like right now you have tefillin you, you can't take that lightly so if he's going to the bathroom right? he covers it Look, no, he has to take off. He takes off. He takes off. He takes off when he goes in. Yeah. So, so that's why it said before, Rabbi Shimon said, obviously he goes to the bathroom, he takes it off. So according to Rabbi Shimon, there are times of the day where the tzitz isn't working. I'm, I'm sorry, according to Rabbi Yehuda, there are times of the day where the tzitz is not working because the Kohen Gadol is not wearing it. According to Rabbi Shimon, no, tamid means it always works. 
Rabbi Yehuda says, no, tamid means he always has to think of it when he has it on, but it doesn't always work, according to him. Right? So, now, so it's saying you, if for one name of Hashem on his head, he has to always think about it. So definitely for tefillin, as many names of Hashem, you have to always think about it. Right? So it says, Ah, Rabbi Shimon, tamid al so what about the fact that it says in the Pasuk, Al-Metzach, it says, right? Al-Metzach Aron. V'nasar Aron, Tavon HaKod HaShem, Al-Metzach, Al-Metzach is a different Pasuk. But the point is, if it's on the head of the coin, if he holds that it works even when it's not in his head, so why does it say, V'yal Metzach Aron, V'nasar Aron, Tavon HaKod HaShem? Why does it say it has to be on the head of Aron for it to work? Right? Yeah, but it's, but, 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 right, but the beginning is, V'yal Metzach Aron, um, right. It's the same pasuk. Yeah. So the um, so uh, but but the thing is, uh, what does it mean vinasa? Then why is it connected vinasa? That's telling you where it's supposed to go. Okay. In other words, means that it's telling you where it's supposed to be placed on the metzach on that forehead because maybe you wouldn't know exactly maybe it should be on top of the head here like a crown I don't know it could be anywhere it has to say metzach it's like where to put it that's not telling you that it only works when it's on right he'll say well it says it twice it says metzach and mitzcho one is telling you it only works when it's on his head one is telling you where to put it I mean you need both of them what about Rabbi Shimon he also has two psukim there you're right that can't be the reason why he needs the word metzach because metzach saying it one time is enough to tell you where to put it the forehead you don't have to say it twice so if you don't have to say it twice so then what's the second one telling you? And Rabbi Shimon says it doesn't mean that it only works when it's on his head. Okay, so then what does it do? What does that pasuk do? Ela al mitzchov and asam ayavidle. Amalach, ra'oi la metzach meratzeh, she'enoi ra'oi la metzach eno meratzeh, le'apukei nishbar atzitz de la meratzeh. He says what it means is it has to be something that could go on his head. It has to be functional. In other words, meaning if it's broken, it doesn't work. doesn't mean that it only works when it's on his head. It means that, o- that it only works when it is fu- intact. If it's broken, it doesn't work. Where does Rabbi Yehuda get the idea that, uh, that if it's broken, it doesn't work? The same word, because there's three, really. It's Vayal Metzach Aron. Vayal Mitzcho Tamid. So he says, Mitzcho is two things. Metzach and Metzach Shelo. It means two, right? It's metzach shows two things. So therefore, what? Rabbi Shimon metzach with cholom When Rabbi Shimon doesn't learn anything additional from that word, so the point is that Rabbi Yudal learns three halachot. He learns the halacha, the halacha of where it's supposed to go, right? He learns the halacha that it has, that it only works when it's on his forehead, and he learns the halacha that it is that if it's broken it doesn't work all from these two words because he really divides it into three ideas mm-hmm. Rabbi Shimon says I learned only two out of the three ideas because it's only two words one idea is where to put it and one idea is if it's broken it doesn't work but I disagree that it has to be on his head to work in other words Rabbi Shimon is saying the existence of the seats or the mitzvah of the seats is really what covers it's not so if there's a time where he's not supposed to be wearing it or he doesn't need to be wearing it or whatever it's, it's okay but it has to exist According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's the actual wearing of the Kohen Gadol that is Meratzeh, that it covers for that Tum'ah. But in either case, you see that they also have, under, in the course of their discussion, this Machloket of whether Tum'ah Utra'a whether you need any special Ritzui, any special intervention for Tum'ah that occurs for communal Korbanot, or whether there's no need for that at all, because actually the uh, Tum'ah doesn't even exist 
for communal korbanot at all, and therefore the tzitz is not necessary for that at all, and that's how Rabbi Yehuda gets out of the problem of Yom Kippur, because Yom Kippur, it's all communal anyway, nothing to worry about at all, and we're good. So the Gemara is going to continue actually with this discussion moving forward, um, but the uh, it, ha- it hasn't finished yet, but we're going to stop here, and we'll continue to... Sorry.